Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your local guide into film criticism, film discussion, and all kinds of chicanery from the Phoenix metro area. We are three people who really like movies, really like talking about them, and if you like what we have to say, you can find a new edition every two weeks here at cultfollowing.co or at SoundCloud, Google Play, or iTunes. If you really like what we do, feel free to throw a review up or tell a friend, because we could always use new friends and listeners. I'm Victor Moreno, along with my two co-hosts. Joshua T. Ruth. Joshua T. The Rock Ruth. <laughs> and Kirby Nelson. <laughs> We're explorers in the deepest fringes of cinema, angels to some, demons to others. Join us as we talk about movies here at Cult Following. Uh, we're going to talk about just a general episode in this edition of Cult Following. Uh, there's a lot of movies we've been watching lately. We're going to chat about that. And just all kinds of stuff in general. So let's just get cracking. Cracking with the cracking. Let's get cracking. As Johnny Depp might say. No, he would just (laughs) ask for more booze. Uh, What have you been up to, Josh? It's funny. We got our, like, small talk out of the way before the show. I don't know. I've been up to, like bidding on stuff on ebay which is funny because like one just ended and we had this whole thing listening audience but uh i i did get one though which okay so like my new addiction is i've got two new addictions um one of them is uh toshin books um so if you're if people are not familiar um they're just they make books that are really super nice um and they uh, i recently picked up the uh the stanley kubrick archives um, so I, I know that, I know at least Kirby, you saw my, my post about it, but mm-hmm. are you familiar with this book at all? Uh, like Victor, have you seen this? No. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend, I know you're a big Kubrick fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend checking this out. So, um, Natasha and what's nice about what they do is they usually put out multiple editions of their books. So they have ones that are like super affordable. Like, so there's a Stanley Kubrick's archive that's only like $20. Um, and then there's the one that I got, which I got it cause it was like kind of beat up, but I got a good deal on it cause I got it for $20, but there's one that's like $50. It's like really big. And then they do like super limited edition ones, which are usually like a thousand dollars. They've got one book on there right now. It's $25,000 for the book. And it's this like mega sized edition of the, of like a bunch of murals in Tibet and it's signed by the Dalai Lama. So, wow, there's that. Um, so I've been kind of into those and I, I picked up. So the one, the, the thing I just got on eBay was um, a book about Stanley Kubrick's Napoleon, which he worked on for years and years and then ne- it never actually Sorry, got made. I just started, I don't know if you can kind of hear me laugh in the background, just thinking about some kind of like fucking Instagram, like <laughs> shelfie bro being like, Dolly Lama, motherfucker. <laughs> Number 10 out of 100. Exactly. Wow. I wonder how many of those they made on that one. Yeah. So, like, um, so I got kind of like, the, so basically, Toshin's got like small, medium, and large versions. So the medium is usually the one I, I'm going for because that's the one that's usually in the like, you know, 
50 to 100 range. Um, this one, like the reason I got it, cause I got it for like 115 and the cheapest it's on Amazon used is 300, 350. So, um, definitely got kind of a steal there, but I'm really excited to read that. Um, cause you know, I mean, it, it, he worked for years on this Napoleon movie that just never happened. But the uh, Stanley Kubrick's archive, that's a freaking great book. So I highly recommend any Kubrick fans check it out, um, whether you get like the small uh, $20 version or the really big one. Uh, it's just it's amazing. So, so the first half, it's like 540 pages. And the first half of the book is all just basically goes through his entire filmography. And they have the the images are scanned from the original negatives from his archives so there's just beautiful beautiful stills um that's the first half and then the second half is like basically goes through his entire filmography but includes like his photography that he did on set and handwritten notes and all kinds of stuff and it's really cool because like they've got also things on his unmade movies like they've got a little section on napoleon but they also have a section on ai and i didn't realize um how much like Steven Spielberg really kept to his outline. Um, yeah. yeah, they've got like all the, um, they've got the, uh, the, the, like the, the concept art and like Rouge City is there. Um, like, I, I mean, just everything, just scene after scene, like the stuff that Spielberg did in AI is straight right from Kubert's, uh, production art that he had done in pre-production. So, um, that was actually really cool. Cause I was, I was always wondering, with that film in particular, how much was actually Kubrick uh, versus how much was, you know, just Spielberg saying, oh, I'm going to run this is with this basic idea. And one thing <clears throat> I'd always thought is I'd heard that the end of the film as Kubrick was going to make it was, and I assume you guys are familiar with AI. Yeah. So, you know, when David is underneath the water and he's looking at the blue fairy statue and he's mm-hmm. saying, you know, please make me a real boy. Please make me a real boy. And I'd heard that's where the Kubrick version was going to end is just with him saying that. And that was going to be the end of the movie. And um, then I thought Spielberg was the one who brought in all these like alien robots and did that whole end intact on. And I was like, eh, you know, why did he have to come in and do that? That other ending would have been great, but apparently not. Cause like all of the original pre-production work of Kubrick stuff has those future robot aliens. Uh Yeah. Weird. So I don't know. I rewatched uh, AI not that long ago, and I, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the casualties of getting older or uh-huh. something. I just I don't feel that movie really holds up on any level. And I was rewatching more like to sort of. I thought it might inform Ready Player One somewhat. Sure, yeah. and, and it does in a little bit. But some of the stuff in there just is is painful to sit through, like Haley Joel Osment's performance, which <laughs> is not very good at all. I mean, and, it's and I interesting. Like, I, I think it just it's weird because he just comes across as creepy and entitled, and I just I feel like he was just wrongly cast. I mean, I will say this, and I and I look, I'm the, I'm the, no great defender of Haley Joel Osment, although I do think his work his work as of late like on um Silicon Valley has actually been really good. Mm. Um but uh but I do think that that's kind of maybe the point with him. You know, yeah. if you see the point where he's like, "I'm David, I'm David." He's like destroying all the other ones. Yeah. Um, you know, so I do and think I feel like like that was one of the sequences that like in hindsight just didn't really work. Yeah. Um I will tell you this though. Um I 
I frequently rewatch AI, uh-huh. but I always start it from when she drops him off in the forest. Yeah. And I finish it basically, I, I stop it right after Rouge City. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that that middle section of AI is tremendous. I mean, the flesh fair and Rouge City. I mean, Rouge City specifically is just, yeah. I mean, again, maybe it's just my, my Blade Runner inclinations, you know, but you give me all these holograms and giant things. I'm like, yes, yes, bring it on. Um, I, I love the middle section of that film, but I, the beginning part, I just can't, hand, I, I never, no. ever, ever watch it. And yeah, like the, the weird, uh, do sex machina with the aliens. It's like, yeah. Oh, we're, Agreed. We can clone your mom for 24 whole hours. Yeah. It's just very selfish. I just, there's, you know, just some stuff in there. Even that sequence with the, um, with the uh, Robin Williams professor character. Oh, I like that. Dr. No, there's yeah. nothing he doesn't. Yeah, no, I, I love that that part, honestly. Um, but yeah, so anyway, just been kind of on a Kubrick tear. I mean, I mentioned this before we recorded, but because um, we had actually talked about this episodes and episodes back, but I do finally have that, um, the Stanley Kubrick masterpiece collection on order. It's actually being sent to my local Zia from the Zia in uh, Las Vegas. And got a really good deal on that, so I've been I've been uh, envious of yours sitting on the shelf all that <laughs> time, and now I'm I'm very happy to finally have my own on the way. Um, and then that that doesn't have everything, which I do kind of find annoying. <laughs> it's like if you're going to make a masterpiece collection, make that really big. I really wish they would have just put in the three films of his that are missing. Um, yeah, you know, be, but but the the cool thing is that uh, the killing. The Blu-ray or the Criterion Blu-ray of that, the bonus disc is Killer's Kiss. So that is his not technically first fear and desire is his first. He's basically um, forsaken fear and desire and does not want that to be included in his filmography. So and then you just need Spartacus and oh, yeah, sorry, four films because also Paths of Glory. So, you know, there's those four films and then the box set. But I'm going to tear through that. And what I'm super excited for, honestly, in that box set more than anything is um, the Blu-ray of Barry Lyndon. Um, I've, I've never seen that on anything other than DVD. And it's such a gorgeous movie. And I've just never actually, I've never even once seen it in HD. Um, I think that, that that's probably going to shine in HD because um, that whole movie was shot with natural light. Yeah. you know, so And old cameras, too. Yeah, old cameras, yeah. natural light. Um, I remember when I went to the Kubrick exhibit at LACMA years ago. Uh-huh. And um, right next to Barry Lyndon, they had this giant armoire that was full of tons of like notebooks and stuff. It had been uh, from Kubrick's personal collection, yeah. and all it was was all the research he'd spent for twenty years on Napoleon, yeah, which he was going to shoot the exact same way as Barry Lyndon, yeah. And that's largely what that book I have coming is. I mean, yeah. it's this huge book. Um, but it's it's all that work that he did and and you know production scouting and costumes and all that stuff, um and it's got the full script in yeah. there as well, which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, so anyways, my little Kubrick corner there. Uh, but I also the big thing I really want to talk about um is the terror. Um, are the you AMC familiar? Show? Yes. Um, I've seen ads for it, but I have not watched it. I, I think it has. It um, have you heard anything about it, Craig? Uh, uh, probably just Does casually. it have uh, the, the guy who plays Mance Raider from Game of Thrones? Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah, Kieran Hines. Yeah. Um, it also has... Uh, <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think. 
I always forget this guy's name, but he's the guy who plays um, Moriarty in the second, um, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes with, um, you know, with Benedict Oh, uh, the guy who was in Mad Men? Yes. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I think he was in Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because he's in Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows. Oh, you're talking about the movies. Yes, yeah, 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 the movies. So, um, yeah, going to, uh, look that up because I want, I do want to, uh, give him a shout out, um, cause I really like it. Jared Harris. Yes. Yes. Jared Harris. He also plays, um, Andy Warhol in the movie, uh, uh, uh I shot Andy Warhol. Where, oh, um, cool. Uh, he would Lily make a Taylor good Warhol. plays Valerie Solanus. Yeah. That's, that's a good, yeah. it's from the nineties. So yeah. he's like young playing. Yeah. Old. Yeah, it's funny because like Jared Harris is like one of those actors that pops up. I think the first time I remember seeing him was in uh, Todd Solondz's Happiness. Yeah, um, so he's in that film as well. But um, I, so guys, The Terror is easily um, my favorite show on television currently. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, you know, Westworld is about to premiere, and Handmaid's Tale is about to premiere. Um, I will say that Legion, I, I don't dislike it, but it's definitely it's very hard to get into right now. Yeah, season two is definitely leaving me a lot colder than season one. Yeah. Um, you know, I love, love, love season one. I mean, I've been very effusive in my praises of Legion previously, but season two, um, I don't dislike it, but it's really bizarre. And, yeah. um, I just, I'm still along for the ride. Cause I do trust Noah Hawley, but boy, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, I feel like I felt like wa- watching, um, the, the Twin Peaks. Yeah. See, you know? Now I remember the main thing I mm-hmm. remembered, uh, him, Jared Harris from is he was one of the main villains on Fringe. Really? I don't know if you ever watched it. No, I, I, I do. I did watch Fringe. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. He played a character named David Robert Jones, which was David Bowie's real name. And he was oh. one of the first people from the alternate universe right. that came over. Okay. Yeah, was, I used to be really into that. Yeah, show. I I loved Fringe. I just yeah. I just didn't. I guess I'm having a blank spot with him. So the terror um, is produced by Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't actually direct any episodes so far. Maybe he does like a finale, a season finale, or something. But it's set in the mid 1800s, and it's um, British sailors who are basically trying to explore or find the the Northwest passage Uh through the Arctic circle. Okay. So this is, um, this is like, you know, mid 1800s, very much think master and commander, the first side of the world, um, which is a movie I absolutely adore. Um, and, uh, and so it's very much that kind of thing, but it's those kind of people, you know, they're having to get through like Arctic ice and everything. And it's very, you know, kind of survival, but there's a very strong horror element to it as well. Um, because as they're out there in the ice, um, something is stalking them and killing them. Um, and, uh, you know, you find pretty early on, like immediately, pretty much it's like, oh, this is a Yeti. And so sometimes there's these, and I'm trying to kind of put my finger on it, but sometimes there's, there's things that you see that feel like, this is the definitive version of this, right? Like I would say Jaws is the definitive shark movie, right? Um, this is, you know, and it's something I've really wanted for a long time is a good fucking Yeti movie. Mm. And you've never had an abominable snowman movie that I can think of that's been really good. I mean, I'm sure there's been 
you know, some low budget. the mutilated. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew no, you'd be busting of, out with it's one. It's a piece of shit. Yeah. No, I, I have a big love for, um, Sasquatch movies, um, and like related. Yeah. Cri- cryptozoological. Right. Entities, but I just, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't think really that really has, even in that subgenre of horror and science fiction, I can't even think of that many where it's actually a yeti. I mean, like, I mean, maybe there's more I haven't explored as much in Asian cinema mm-hmm. where it originates from the the region. But, um, yeah, I just, it's one of those ones, um, it's really diverse, the amount of impressions. Of, yeah. Whereas, you know, you see Bigfoot's game more and more uniform or the Sasquatch. Right, right. But the Yeti has a lot of different, like, incarnations, like, and appearances, so. It could be interesting. I mean, it definitely sounds like a good series. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's just, it's more than good. Like, I, it's five episodes in, and I'd been really, really liking it, but this last episode was just so tightly directed, um, that I was 100%. I was like, look, I mean, this is it. This is my favorite thing currently airing. Um, I, I just, I can't recommend it highly enough. I've been singing so its praises. Originally, so what is it on? And- so it's on AMC. Okay. Um, you know, and so you can also, it's not currently, as far as I know, I don't think it's on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's typically what Hulu only does like after the season is done, they'll put it on. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's not, it's so, but you, you know, get it on the AMC app, uh, or if you have cable or, or know somebody who's willing to share a login, um, you know, that's a way to watch it, but highly recommend the terror. I mean, basically, uh, you know, what it is, and I, I described, this is kind of like the, the little capsule quote i've been saying this is like um uh, this is basically like master and commander yeah. meets the thing yeah i will say also um what i usually would do in those scenarios is if you go through voodoo or amazon uh-huh. you can buy a season pass good for call a show. yeah because that's what i would do 10 episodes it's halfway through right now yeah. um impeccably directed i would say the uh the the production quality is of the level of like a game of thrones um it's very very high production quality much higher than something like a a walking dead you know if you're comparing it to other amc shows um it's better than walking dead um you know it's later than something like breaking bad breaking bad had a different aesthetic to it anyway but it's just you can really feel the ridley scott in this too which um you know i mean i know that you know he doesn't as far as i know he doesn't produce a ton of things um, no, not really. You know, and so well, like, I think since the death of his brother, he's kind of because uh, they did that show. Numbers uh-huh. was co-created by each, by both oh, of them. Oh, right, and right. They, uh, I guess after his death, he really, I think, went away from them. I mean, it went away from kind of simultaneously jumped back into work. Yeah, and like, but then also kind of took a break from a lot of it. But yeah, I mean, AMC they have high quality production on all their shows. I think it's part mm-hmm. of why it's like. You know, HBO necessarily or Showtime or any of the premium kind of things, but they obviously are working on premium content yeah. regardless. Um, I, I think, you know, it's it's hard. Like, I, I when you talk about Legion on the last one, I was like, I looked up on Amazon, I put it in my cart just to, you know, it was like, because um, I was like real interested mm-hmm. in it. And the other part of the reason I've started to do that as well is just because um, not only do shows go off of a lot of the streaming platforms, but like. I went, uh, I think it was the last, so two years ago, Victor and I were at Son of Monster Palooza, and then I went to Lasher's, and it, the 2016 version was the one where they had just announced the Exorcist television show oh, okay. on Fox, and then they did, they um, 
last year, they're like, well, yeah, we're getting ready for the second season. And I remember the first question I asked them this last year, I was like, oh, so when does the first one come out on DVD or Blu-ray? Right. And they're like, we don't make those decisions. We love to see it. But right now, I'm basically telling you it's it's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. So, like, for me, because I'm one of those people, I don't watch stuff generally in real time. Mm-hmm. Not only because I have no cable but and no interest in paying for a lot of the apps, but because I eventually hope to own it. Um, or yeah. have it, especially as you were talking about, like, you know, also brought into, like, the packaging of Legion. And totally. Some of, you know, like, I like nice art. That's one of the big reasons I collect physical media. But, um, yeah, I'm really, that sounds like one, the terror, like, that I would love to have in, like, some kind of special packaging oh, or yeah. something. It's going to be a day one buy for me. Yeah. No question. That would be, that'd be really awesome. Cause I, I was just saying that in general because I recently was, um, streaming some stuff and I don't have the fastest internet speed cause I live in an older part of town. But it's, um, uh, like, I mean, I've had, like, you know, my streaming go out. So it's only, like, like increased my resolve of right. physical media. And I'm so tired of, like, the low-quality visuals of streaming. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't, it has not to be 4K, but it has to be, like... I'm telling you. It though. has to be Blu-ray, though, quality, yeah. or D- even DVD. Well, good luck. Because realistically, like, even when you stream 4K, um, yeah. you're basically getting the quality of Blu-ray disc. Yeah, you're getting compressed. Or got, right. You can't, can't do something without compressing it. It's just... Not po- it's like hearing music through like iTunes or Spotify. Right. Still never sounds like CD to me. And obviously yeah. it doesn't sound like vinyl either. Just got to get those hot flack files, man. Yeah. You know, that's what you got to do. Speaking of which, I will be at, uh, mm-hmm. every year I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything on Record Store Day this year. And then they have both Planet Terror and Twin Peaks OSTs this oh, Saturday. Really? So I'm like, motherfucker, going to have to. And they have a sweet uh, Rage Against the Machine one too, uh, live at the Democrat National Convention. Mm-hmm. So I want that too. But so um, that, it's it's going to sell out instantly. Which so. Twin Peaks is it? Like, because I mean, there's been I believe so it, many. I believe it's the uh, the it's for the uh, the new seasons. Is that oh called? okay? Yeah, cool. but I just the packaging looks great. As far as I understand, it's like um, somebody was advertising. I got really excited mm-hmm. um, that they were advertising um, Doom the the game yeah. on vinyl but i think it's just the new game which is a good quality yeah, ost too game but too, it is though. not i was hoping it was the original yeah. first two games on like like the way they've been doing with every other video i mean game i would vinyl. figure that you would be really into that new doom though because it's metal as it's, fuck, it's good dude. but i like i like well one i love chiptune stuff yeah and then i also really enjoy um um uh, the uh you know, I, just, I really like both those scores. I played so much Doom and Doom 2 yeah. that I really want to hear those. I enjoy it. I mean, like, it's great, like, when a band, like, it can have, as long as it suits the environment. But that's actually the funny part. As much as I'm, a, like, a metalhead and a hardcore kid, I actually hate heavy music mm-hmm. in most films, video games, and art. I think it totally ruins it. Like, because I just don't think it works. I think it completely overpowers it. Unless you're making like a deathgasm or yeah. some kind of thing, yeah. Like but that, that new Doom kind of is that. I mean, I oh, will no, say this because like doubt. I'm not a metal guy, yeah. and I was like all about it because um, the way that he kind of mar- oh yeah, it's a marries one. the symphonic with the metal. Um, I just think is a really really awesome thing. So no, that's really cool. The so one I actually there is a Doom love. one though. Yeah. That's a record that's store day. Out, it's a no. It's a um. It's coming out from somebody else. It's like a four disc one though, or four um LP. Um, that's actually something we can talk about is like yeah, record yeah. store day. Cause like that's something it's cause I've been, 
Um, because I'm not gonna. I I have to work on Saturday. It's coming out from Laced Records. Okay, it's a LP four with a slip mat and a double CD. Really? And yeah, I believe it's just uh the new game. It's uh Mick Gordon, it's the artist mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yep. and yep. uh, yep. But uh, it's a great one. I like another one. I kind of wish they if they do one for the the original games. I also one that's heavily underrated is uh doom 64 is a guy named aubrey hodges is the composer and he did like a real ambient sounding one yeah that is freaky as fuck i love that one that's too. awesome so, yeah yeah but um yeah you can Good pick old this doom one 64 up. but yeah there's um yeah that was it sorry yeah i'm sorry go ahead on your uh... yeah no i was i was just thinking because um i'm i'm gonna have to work on saturday but i mean i know so many people that are going to record store day that I'm always like trying to comb through and see like, well, if I want to have somebody pick something up for me, what would I have them get me? But I'm just like so far out of the loop um, with that kind of stuff. So I do appreciate the heads up on the Twin Peaks. Um, You know, I might. Yes. uh, Featuring 20 tracks from the new uh, series. It's a two LP uh, from Rhino and it is a worldwide run of a thousand. Oof, includes wow. the Roadhouse Jeez, band performance. That's going to be impossible to get then. I, yeah. I had just read this uh, interesting article mm-hmm. from this uh, reissue label called uh, Numero Group, and they put out a lot of you know classic reissue stuff that hasn't come out since the sixties right. and seventies. And they did this really interesting article about how um, Record Store Day is this becoming this huge scam that basically only benefits. Um, bigger record labels really it helped that yeah it does help record stores but for the most part it's uh combing uh just combing their uh archives to find oh, something totally. inessential uh, and uh creating a jacked up price for it that's almost impossible to get and it in that kind of behavior doesn't really encourage people yeah to come back to a record store the next day it's like i'm here once a year for my mm-hmm. Yeah, RSD exclusive thing. Yeah, totally. And that's it for me for the year because when you're creating a market that only benefits people who are already in the know rather than like reissuing something essential at a level that will sustain it because a thousand people know there's more than a thousand people who are going to be in line for record store day. Oh, sure. You know, sure. Of course. I I have, I mean, each store is going to, with something like that, each store is going to get one to maybe two. Um, I was lucky enough to get a, um, the Paranorman, uh, the Mondo Paranorman release that they did. That was a glow splatter va- uh, variant. That was 500. And this is a Mondo yeah. of 500. Um, and the, like the Zia on Countback got one. Yeah. And yeah. I was there like first in line, went in, snapped. Well, I want to say Mondo on a couple of their releases are like, even the vinyl ones are crazy. Like, I think Southbound was like 200 copies or 250 Oof, was wow. the entire run and they never repressed it to right. my knowledge. Um, and some are crazy. Uh, we actually in our pre conversation, uh, Josh and I were talking about, um, the last of us we were talking about i was telling him that that's the pandemic edition that was on ps3 was like my most wanted statue like Mm. most wanted collector's edition because that's such a gamble with those to see if they're actually worth it or just gonna plummet in value as soon as they're released but that one of course kept going and going and going and going and um 
so it just kills me because I love that. I don't even collect statues anymore is what I was saying, but I love that one so much because I, yeah, I adore that game. But I did buy the, um, it was an open release, I believe, or at least, you know, it was a, a reasonable amount was provided. One. But it was the 4, four LP it's a beautiful Mondo set. box. And it's like, I think going for four or five times its value yeah. now. I, I mean, it was, it was 100. Open. It was 100. Yeah, I think it's going for like 400 now. And wow. it's like, I mean, it is easily worth the 100 bucks, but yeah. it is not worth $500. Like, no. Come on. I mean, the nice, I guess I will say this about something like The Last of Us is, and it's it's part of the reason that you may also like just not because you love it, but when you have things like The Last of Us, there's not a ton of merch for it. No, you know? surprisingly, for how big it was, and for how much you know, Naughty Dog does, um, you know, they you know they they have a fair amount. I mean, Uncharted obviously being their biggest other series, but mm-hmm. it's like they really, um, yeah, I've always been shocked. I have quite yeah. a bit of Last of Us merch. And even I'm surprised that there yeah. isn't more. But it's it's a finite thing. And so what I, I think what happens is that when you do have a finite thing like that, um, that it tends to make the things that are there more valuable. Because I think True. that maybe what happens is that you have these collectors that are like, well, I'm going to collect everything Last of Us. And it's like, this is the one thing I don't have. Exactly. You know, and so I'll pay that. whatever I have to pay. I mean... I'm, well, it's one of those really good scores. I mean, I've never oh, heard anyone yeah. say anything Dude. ever bad about it. Like, even people who are not big fans of gaming have it because they love the sound. I mean, one of the best openings ever. It's like after you play the whole beginning thing yeah. and then it cuts to the Spanish guitar oh, and it guitar, goes with the, the credits. The flamenco guitar yeah. is just unbelievably great. But it's just such an excellent, it's such a diverse score. Um, so, so immersive. But... um I, I just yeah the I agree with the like the article Victor's talking about. I mean I think people like vinyl is a weird thing. I started collecting a few years ago, and for me it was maybe ten years ago or eight years ago is when I started collecting film scores, mm-hmm. which I never collected before. It's not because I didn't enjoy film music. I right. always did. It just um, it just really started hitting me, and then once I started seeing the incredible array of options that's when companies like la la land and trotta that was the early experiences Mm -hmm. now obviously like waxwork and mondo and a few others have taken over but it was um you know those are the companies i went to and especially for horror sci-fi cult fantasy i mean you know that's some of the most underrated music ever because people are like well the source material is shit or something I don't approve because it doesn't fit in my paradigm or narrative. Yep. So then it doesn't matter. You know, and yeah. it's like you're missing out. Well, the other thing, too, is I feel like a lot of these companies snatched up the rights to these at a point before there was this great like collector market mm-hmm. they created. And then you have situations where, like, you know, they just put it in a slip box or something and say, oh, it's worth $500 or something. Right. I mean, Not I don't think Mondo that, and Nightmare Set. That's exactly like, that what Nightmare I'm talking about. is such a fucking joke. You dude. know, because, like, while there's some, some like, ethical ways of doing it, like the Wax or subscription, I feel like Mondo is a huge company. I mean, they do press releases for their, for their, for what they're putting out on Entertainment Weekly. And then when you get to the bottom and they say, limited to 200 worldwide and like then why the fuck did you put out a press release for it right. on uh, entertainment weekly yeah well we know we we've gone down the mondo <laughs> well that's before. the whole thing at, yeah. so at a certain point it does feed into this whole thing i'm like are are, are these things like intended for for audiophiles to even listen to or is yeah it, like kirby said it's just for the 
Instagram shelf collectors. Yeah, you know? I definitely think that in a lot of cases nobody's listening to these things. I mean, well, it's, it's it's weird. Like I don't, I, you know, it's funny. Like people would ask me about my collection. It's like a lot of the times I don't get a chance to listen to a lot of the records because it's just like I don't get a chance to watch a lot of the movies I buy. Right. I buy because we've also had this discussion with the physical media thing. Is I don't want to pay. You were talking about your whole story about the Kubrick collection. Yeah. It's like now that set wasn't cheap to begin with. But I mean, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks for a Blu-ray, uh, for like a single Blu-ray. Oh, I mean, sure, like yeah. that kind of thing. I don't want to pay three hundred dollars for an art print or right. five hundred dollars for a book. You were talking about that company for the um, Napoleon one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a company I love is Centipede Press, who does a lot of like um, film analysis books. But they did an amazing like H.P. Lovecraft art book years ago, probably seventy years ago. I was lucky to get a copy. It was two hundred and sixty-five dollars, brand new. It's a coffee table book. Sure, but, you know now goes for like five hundred. I've seen as high as a thousand. Um, and it's like it's not worth it. Even they just had paperback books like on um Carrie, Night of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. The Shining. Um, one of my favorites, The Exorcist one, is excellent. Um, I bought a, a copy of it. My copy, I read it, and it got a little worn. I was like, I'm gonna go grab another one. And it's because, you know, there's not that many their releases. Right. It's like, oh, it's seven hundred dollars for the book. And Oof. I'm like, it's a paperback or like a soft cover book. Right. And yeah, the market's just that's my big part of it is is I spend more and more time as I get older and I'm running out of room and time and money. I go, Do I really, really want this? But a big part of it is do I really want to pay that much for this down the line? And like The Last of Us, love it, but will not pay five hundred dollars. Yeah. And yeah, eventually that might bottom out. It is a buyer's market. People decide on what it is, but it, what its true value is, or as it's cool, you know always known as the eBay sold listing. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's like you know, I uh, vinyl. I, it's just I, I didn't list. I grew up in the hardcore and punk scene, so we were used to listening to records on vinyl. It was some of the ways, only ways to get records. Oh yeah. But I was listening to them on my Fisher Price because I didn't even have a. A record player, um, till like years and years later, like a proper record player, even back then when they were probably dirt cheap, it was, you know, um, just one of those things. You just, I didn't have enough records to want it. So I just played them on a cheap one, you know, cause they're mostly seven inch records, yeah. 45. So it was easy, but, um, the RSD thing, like I do go, that's what I'm trying to say. And every year I go, I don't want to do it kind of like for the Richter, uh, reasons Victor is pointing out is because I hate the crowd i yeah the and kind the crowd gets ridiculous like how early yeah. do you go uh, a couple years i've gone i think i went one year at 6 37 you're still number 30. i'm number like 40 50 right, right but i it has to be something i really want and a lot of times my main issue with it it's like um is i hate the blind nature of it like scrambling mm-hmm. for it like and if you get unlucky and the aisle you go down doesn't have the thing you want you're fucked yeah and you're never going to reach people and there's always going to be people who are flippers who are going to strong arm everybody because they're like i'm gonna get this that's why they're first in line and that's i feel like that's a huge contingent i mean like yeah again i'm not trying to like color color perceptions here but there is a lot of stores who will send uh their employees to various Zias and stuff to try to snap up everything yep. to sell online on top of what they already get. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I don't, yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. It's there, there. You know, you don't have to. It's just like some nefarious and then scheme. I it's mean, just there's the way smart ways of doing this too. I mean, you could just as easily like go to 
um, the ghost of Eastside Records at Double Nickels Collective, and there won't be as big a crowd because not everyone and their mom even knows that's a record store. Which you know? Eastside rules because I I love that because I always find something new every time I go to. Yeah, because like I find weird VHSs books. I found this awesome documentary on Straight Edge that I didn't even know existed yeah. for like seven bucks, and the guy what's his name John from Eastside was like. This is my roommate's because I can tell from his initials. It's such a garage yeah. sound bar. He's like, I would have told him I wanted to watch this. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because I can tell you pretty much the places that will have the biggest lines will be Zia and Tempe. Stinkweed. Stinkweed, uh, Zia on Camelback, and probably the Revolver on Roosevelt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Revolver and, usually has a big And, one. I mean, it's yeah. fun. Like, there's a fun environment to going in sometimes. I actually used to always go zia just because i wanted the damn pint glass that was my favorite (laughs) those pint glasses roll they were just they were high quality you got for like with a shirt and a cd for like five bucks it's like that's the best deal but um you know other ones like yeah you're talking like one per store i remember really a couple years ago they did uh one for the guest and i really want that and it's like nope sold out instantly oh damn it yeah and it was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know, but I I'm not know which one or... that is. So it's not just like the regular Mondo one. No, 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 no. This right. was a, 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 a RSD exclusive. It is what it is. They did one for Drive, too, was Mondo's like, yeah. other one that year. But it, yeah. it's just crazy. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things like, you know, I'm going to San Diego Con this year. So I'm going to make sure to try to pre-order as many good exclusives as i can so i can just pick them up because i don't want to do the lottery thing yeah you know and there's a couple that i know of things that i know are exclusives but at the same time it just pisses me off that it's like yay it's a good thing i'm going because this thing i want there's no other way in the world i would possibly get it right you know? and I, it's weird that like stuff like record store day like seems to be of that same kind of like ilk you know, like, oh, see that really cool release? You're never going to get it. <laughs> well, no, and that's what we've talked about a million times. Like I said, if there's two cultures I hate, it's the flipper culture that just, you know, it has nothing to do. It's like I said, I have no issue with people making a buck. It's that I am going to exploit sure. it, it, yeah. the same exploitation that the companies, a lot of these companies are doing. But it's also like, because we've talked about that when we we're talking about like prints. It's like mm-hmm. you can print a thousand of these. But you're not going to because you're a fucking ass about it. You know what drove me crazy about that? I mean, just to, to shit on Mondo a little bit more is that they um they did uh the release this week of um the Jason Edmiston Mad number one cover. Did you guys mm-hmm. see that? Yep. Oh yeah, I saw that. And they did an edition of like one ninety or some shit. You know, it's like, come on, if you're gonna do like a, a mad magazine and Jason Edmiston, like do a bigger run of that at least, because you know that's gonna be something super popular. Um but no, I mean they do like sub two hundred, I think, of that one. Um, yeah. you know, and it was a beautiful print and I would have loved to get it. I'm a huge Jason Edmiston fan and I love Mad Magazine and, you know, but it's like, dude, well, I didn't uh, Chucky, try. Uh, our buddy Chucky was telling me that cause he is the ultimate Mondo fiend out of all uh-huh. my friends. Yeah. Uh, Chucky's the best, but he, um, he was telling me recently that, um, cause I own a few of the Edmiston eyes without a face uh, ones cause yeah. they're cheap. It's yeah. cheap and it's fun. Totally. And I like them a lot. I love Jason Edmiston's work. I think he's one of the best artists in the world, but, um, Chucky was saying that, you know, he, he came up with those a couple of years ago and the original, like, um, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Leatherface, pinhead or whatever. Like people are selling them each for three, 400 now. 
uh-huh. and they were all twenty dollar prints. Right. And it's like I, I I really sometimes wonder. I'm oh like, yeah, no. When Monster yeah. Palooza opened on Friday, like yeah. his, people ran to his booth and were buying him out of all the eyes without a yeah, I'm sure. stuff. Like you know, we were setting up. And literally, it's like really you, you this one guy is really needs like four of every one of them. Of course uh, he does because it's they should limit that shit, man. Well, that's and that's what people go. Well, we we can't limit things. You know, or it's it's to one address only. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but then people will put their other like family and friends and, and three PO or four boxes, other addresses, and yeah, yeah, and eventually you've got people who are like, well, I'll bypass it. It's just it's the whole thing with bots and all the mm-hmm. other shit, and it's like, it's true. You know, it's a classic. Uh, what do you call it? Ticket seller yeah. scalper yeah. thing, especially here in Arizona where it's legal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, and then. Uh, the other just one other thing, and I'm I don't know if you guys saw it, um, but the only other thing I watched was uh, was Rampage. Yeah, I saw Rampage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was. I feel I like they it. perfected CGI apes. Yeah, they got pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like I wish that was the tagline on the movie. <laughs> well, it's just it's one of those things verbatim. Where it's not the movie is not based on the video game. It's a Resident Evil kind of thing where it's mainly about this evil company and they have a project rampage yeah. that's clearly inspired by the well, video I game. I mean, they even had like yeah. the, they have the yeah. arcade game in right. there. Yeah. I saw, well, I, I saw, as soon as I saw Jeffrey Dean Morgan oh, as dude. the head of Umbrella, I already yeah. knew what no, that no, was. No, no, He's it's, a good guy, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was him. Because yeah, yeah. I looked at that, I was like, the way it's played in the trial, I haven't seen the movie, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the way I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, they've got him playing. Yeah, Dude, that uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan thing. I don't know if, if this made you laugh as much as it did me, um, Victor, but so like the way he kept on popping up like everywhere, they like in like all these disparate places, like literally the whole city is getting attacked. And like you just saw Jeffrey Dean Morgan like at like military base camp, like yeah. miles and miles away, and he just pops up in this building, he's like, Hey, what's going on? And then like later it's like miles and miles away, he's like Hey, what's happening? And it's like he just he keeps on popping up well, in the we movie. We kept joking that like if this movie were made in the nineties, Tommy Lee Jones would have clearly played that character, <laughs> right? Right. And it's like, well, he's clearly a man in black, anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, but it, it's it's kind of a stupid. Mo- I mean, like, here's the thing: like, the bad guys in this movie are people that you usually <laughs> see in um, uh, what's uh movies by the dude who did the state in wet hot american summer oh sure david wayne yeah like, yeah it's like both of these both, the brother and sister are both like in wet hot american summer so it's kind of like okay you cast comedians as the villains right right but they're not funny or yeah try, or like one is like a bumbling sort yeah of, no but it totally. doesn't work and then uh there's the end of the movie is supposed to be the rock it's supposed to be uh george who's like the rocks ape yeah. in a way fighting uh you know ralph and lizzie, lizzie yeah right uh except it basically becomes the rock versus uh the rock and george versus ralph and lizzie right because the whole movie he's been talking to uh george via sign language mm-hmm. except for the end of the movie where that's just completely forgotten <laughs> he's like actively talking to him totally and the ape can understand right him. right yeah, yeah exactly and then like he's literally just like finds a junk helicopter and starts working the machine guns and all <laughs> that it's just like 
rawr, running around with a machine gun. Uh-huh. There's parts where like the scale is so off, it seems like the rock is literally like twenty <laughs> feet tall. See that actually, and that that keys into my um my biggest complaint about the movie because I will say this: like as a very big fan of the original arcade game, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I will say I liked that there was a lot of little Easter eggs from the game in there. You know, I mean, obviously they they mentioned the Ralph thing. I don't hear that they actually mentioned Lizzie anywhere, but they do mention Ralph yeah. with the wolf. Um, you know, and if obviously you have the game in the back. And one thing I loved is that you even you had you know, well, you also had them like punching windows out a lot yeah. as they were climbing the the uh, buildings and then you had like a full-on building like fall down oh yeah um, and then the, they eat people yeah, yeah just, like, exactly they grab anybody the... out of the bathtub and then they spray no them. they didn't have that that's unfortunately what I, I think no, it would have been they had a uh a death that's straight out of the last Jurassic World in terms of like, oh, this lady's oh mean. right, yeah, watch yeah. her get eaten in slow mo. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but but I just it really bugged me though that like I really wanted the rock to like turn into a monster at the end. <laughs> like I want because the whole thing about the game and this is the thing that really bothered me is because it's humans that turn into these giant yeah, creatures. Yeah, Ruby was like on about that. Yeah, it really bugs me because that was such the funny thing is that it's like it's these naked little humans turning into these giant creatures and destroying a city and that was the biggest off thing. So I really wish that the rock, I mean if if this would have had him like ingesting the same green smoke or whatever and then turning into a giant rock that was just going through the whole city fighting these monsters i, I that would i mean maybe my favorite I, movie I of just, all time i just laugh because it's funny the way you describe it the original premise of the game uh-huh. like people transforming it's funny because it, the first time i saw the trailer i was like holy shit it's do we get some discounts from Ang Lee's? Right. Like, I was like, if the poodle comes flying out of that cliff, right. I'm gonna fucking die. Like, oh, laughing. dude. But I, um, I just like really. That was my very first impression of it. I mean, I, I don't care about. Like, I haven't seen it yet. I will go see it. I don't care about any of the connections. Like, obviously, like it's cool that you do those uh-huh. little nods and stuff. But I know it's going to be far removed. I will I say, mean, especially in the same year with Jumanji. Yeah. Where it's like, you can put in those looses, you can go. If you go to Walmart, they have the, arcade Rampage figures. Oh, buddy. Yeah, I saw Okay, the, so this is so funny. So I actually got those. I uh-huh. picked them up last night. Um, now, um, so I'm sure you're familiar because you've seen them in the store, right? Yeah, they make noises. So they make noises when you shake but them. But they're like Stretch Armstrong dolls. They are Stretch Armstrong. So what happened though is because they, they make, uh, noises when you move them. And so I was in the grocery store last night and I grabbed all three of them and I put them in my cart and I'm like in Walmart at like midnight yeah. and I'm just play a little bit of this. Because uh, like it was just the funniest thing ever, um, so I'm like in Walmart going through, and you can just hear like as I'm going through. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I can hear it's, it kind of. Yeah, so you can, oh, you should be able to like hear him like even more. Yeah. Okay. So. So, but like. <laughs> And as I'm going, and it's quiet, and it's like in the empty, I've got all three of them going off. And then I go... It, it, and, for a visual, or to try to put in the viewer's mind, I'm looking <laughs> over at Josh's phone, 
and the the packages are bumping into each other right. in the cart, yeah. so you can just see them. But it's not even just that. So like then I go to the checkout, and like as the guys like scanning them and putting them into the bag, they're like, rah, rah. Yeah. and then in my car, like in the back, like I'm driving home, and every time I hit a bump, it's like, rah, rah. <laughs> and it just completely cracked me up. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I had to pick those up because again, I'm a huge fan of the, the the game. But yeah, movie was dumb. I think it was a fine amount. I, like I. I wish it was kind of uh, higher quality, something along the lines of like a Kong Skull Island, where it's like super dumb, totally knows it is, but it's also like a super solid movie. This one I feel was like dumb, kind of knows it's dumb, but it's also just not like that high a quality. Um, But I really liked, I mean, the the sequence with with the wolf and like the special forces guys or whatever, I actually think was like a really good piece of of, like horror kind of action. Um, It's just, yeah, the problem with it is it's like really forgettable. Yeah, agreed. It it really strains the credulity of how they keep lugging around the rocks character everywhere yeah it's like oh he he works at a zoo as, yeah exactly uh, right tra- as a trainer for yeah. trainers yeah it's like how is he an important character oh we find out later that he's like this mega special ops guy yeah. who like got burned out on war and decided to come back to the u.s and, and it's so train funny animal trainers because i was watching um the trailer for skyscraper yeah um don't spill which, which by uh, the way between Skyscraper, uh-huh. uh, Rampage, and San Andreas, this movie's directed by yes. somebody. That's three rock disaster movies. Yep, absolutely. Four if you count the last the uh, Fast and Furious movie. That's enough <laughs> to have a custom rock disaster movie genre label on your shelf. Right. There'll be a special inaugural day package of that when he's elected <laughs> our president. Yeah. So don't worry about it. But so I was watching the uh, trailer for um for Skyscraper which I've started calling um Daddy Die Hard. Yeah. Um and uh and it's like but it's like in that they talk about like how he's ex like military yeah. special forces and it's like that's like his thing is like he's he's always like ex special forces military guy who's like normal There's guy now. There's another one he was in where he's like a truck driver uh-huh. who's also an ex military right. special forces. It's so guy. funny. Do you remember this movie? Is that the remake of Walking Tall? No, no, no. Oh. That was a different one where he's uh, also he's also a, but basically. no, no. He's like a truck. driver driver and also has i think like frank grillo in it okay that's funny i gotta look look it up because i'm sure i've uh, seen it but i don't remember it i guess that's like the way they explain like why he's so freaking buff you know i think it's the the modern equivalent of jean-claude van damme movies needing a reason to explain why he has an accent oh yeah totally there's at least three it was like oh he was french canadian yeah he was (laughs) one of twins one of them was raised in france or um (laughs) You know, oh, Frank Dukes, you know, he was a fr- French diplomat, but, uh, in a, you know, he was a bullied in school and this guy taught him and his son karate. You know, you go blood sport, kickboxer, double impact, all those movies have reasons for why he has a terrible accent. Yeah. True, true. All right, my keywords are Frank Grillo, <laughs> The Rock, and Truck. Let's see what we get. <laughs> Uh, all right. Let me try Dwayne Johnson truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson used to be a truck in his former <laughs> life. Uh, 
Did you know? All right. You would think that just Frank Grillo. You would think that like Frank Grillo and Dwayne Johnson would do it. You know. Like, can't you just on IMDb do a search of like two actors? Probably. I'm doing it on Google, which is oh yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, Dwayne Johnson hasn't been in that that many movies, honestly. He oh, he's oh been in no, a ton, he's yeah. oh really? He's, been he's like the new Michael Caine. He's yeah. like in so Michael many Kane. movies. Give us you your know, Michael Caine. He's Kane. doing his pace. He's gonna hit a. I mean, I'm pretty sure Samuel Jackson and Morgan Freeman. One of them holds the record for like modern actors. Oh, in dude, the most it, roles. Sam Jackson's in so many, man. But I'm pretty sure that. Oh, that's right. The journey to the center, which is of the so Earth. weird. Oh man, that's a that, and they're making a sequel to that. Really? Yeah. Well, he was he was in the sequel, right? With to Bram Fraser's original. Ugh, he's he's rumored in so many things at the beginning. No, uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth. No, the he, second one yeah. was with him, and the first one was. Let's see. He's in Gem and the Holograms. You guys, holy shit! <laughs> I did not know that. Snitch. Snitch. Yes, that's, that's it. it. Uh, oh, wait, I do remember the trailer. Like, you gotta do this there one is. last job. A father goes undercover for the DEA to free his son after that's being it. imprisoned yeah. in a drug deal. deal. It's not, it. and it wasn't Frank Grillo, it's John Bernthal, I think oh, is who you were thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so it was John Barenthal the bad Shame guy? Yeah, he's yeah, no, no, no. I'm saying was he the bad guy? Because no I way. just, I just remember when I saw um, Sicario the first time. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is gonna go bad because he's fucking in it. Like inspired by true events. I'm sure it was. Yeah. <laughs> I actually two ones that I recently are funny ones. I remember so that see that snitch poster. I remember mm-hmm. it was a big deal. There's a, also a uh, Jason Statham movie that came out right around the same time. Oh, really? and they use that exact same torso for Jason Statham. So they put the rock's head on that on a random model body, what? and then they did the same thing with Jason Statham. That's incredible. If you look at the poster now, knowing that you can see that that head doesn't belong on that body. That's incredible. Wow, yeah. dude! Just look at it now, knowing that, and it, it's like freakishly obvious um yeah i mean it's too sure. big for his body his head is he does big. have a pretty big head though. yeah i mean he's yeah. the rock yeah um that's pretty good man yeah awesome so yeah so rampage anyway i would say this uh i mean i had i had a friend text me earlier and he's like all right uh ready player one pacific rim uprising or rampage which one should I go see right now? And I was like, you know, Ready Player One, actually. But Rampage was the bottom of that list, you know? So I would say that, like, if you're looking for dumb, kind of summerish, early pre-summer action movies and you've seen everything else, like, you could you could do worse. Like, it's not like Transformers bad or anything, you yeah. know? But um, I, I definitely, you know, I thought it was okay. It was funny. I actually went to the Red Box and it still was your, your words echoing me. Because they had the last night, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> uh-huh. what could I do with three hours? Oh, dude. I can watch the last night. <laughs> no, no, I'm not yeah, no. do this. No. no. <laughs> I mean, hey, man, it's like, there. Are, if you've got literally no other options, <laughs> you know, that's like a Speaking thing. Speaking of Samuel Jackson, though, one of the ones I did pick up from Redbox recently was... Uh, Finally watched Hitman's oh, Bodyguard. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Before yeah. I start on this, yeah. I just want to say one last thing about Rampage. <laughs> the key, Dwayne Johnson's name in this movie 
Mm-hmm. And how often they say it in full. I can't remember it now. His name was Davis Okoye. Oh, yeah. Dude, every time. Which oh, think- let's <laughs> see who you are. Well, aren't you Davis Okoye? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's look at your file. They did say it a lot because I kept thinking about Okoye from Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then it's weird because the whole movie, anytime something, you know, it's like, I'm sorry about your friend. When they're talking <laughs> right. about the gorilla. Right, yes. It's like, yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry for your loss, Davis Okoye. <laughs> yes, literally that is the line <laughs> of the movie. I'm sorry for your loss, Davis Okoye. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of Hitman's Bodyguard? Oh, was, well, now I'm kind of on this. Because <laughs> you know, the other part I'm thinking of, like, I always skip around to movies I recently rewatched. You know, kind of like you were talking with AI. It's like I see movies I haven't watched in mm-hmm. a long time. Was It's funny, we brought up the name thing. Uh, I recently rewatched Paul for the first time. Oh, since oh the yeah. theatrical run, And yeah. I totally forgot the Jason Bateman thing until... I don't remember. About oh, he's one of the men in black, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but his name... Is uh, uh, Lorenzo Zoyle. Oh, and, that's, and that's oh, Lorenzo Zoyle. <laughs> and it's like, it's what such a great fuck? joke. Yeah. But it's so stupid that it's you're just so like. It's so dumb, dude. That, I just, and, it's making me crack up yeah, right now, and, though. And that, I just remember in the theater, I was the only one who laughed because I'm like, does anybody not remember <laughs> yeah. this one? And then I, I also remember that one was because the end, too, is the reveal of, um, Sigourney Weaver as the big bad. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, and how that gets underscored years later in Cabin in the Woods. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You could argue those films are in the same universe. Maybe they are. Yeah, but it was <laughs> um the Hitman's Bodyguard was it was good. I actually enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. Like I laughed pretty hard. I was just I think yeah. it was like better than it you know, it was like one of those kind of better than it had any right to be movies. Like um I thought the action sequences which were a, super good. It was a larger and larger growing genre it these is, days. Like especially these days, yeah. Man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed the movie for sure. I mean, it's not, I, I haven't rushed out to buy it on 4K or anything, but, um, you know, I definitely, I, I enjoyed it. It was a good rental for sure. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't bad. What, uh, what else you been, uh, watching there? Um, on the catch up tip, cause I'm always at least one step behind. As Jasper would have said, he's like seven steps behind. Like, we used to have that kind of greed. Oh, Jasper. Yeah. Let's pour one out for Jasper. We love Jasper. We love Jasper. Miss we you, miss buddy. you, Jasper. Miss you too, Adam. There's so many <laughs> good people, yeah. Seriously. We got to pour it out Exactly. For it. But, um, yeah, the um, I caught up. I watched, um, let me see here. I'll grab it. On Victor's recommendation, I did check out Wild Wild Country, uh-huh. um, which is excellent. Right. But I will say... For me, it was um, diminished, and I realized why. It was mm-hmm. as I mentioned on the original podcast when I was in high school, I read um, the book on the Rajneesh um, incident when I was studying cults heavily for the first time. Right, and so I already knew the whole story of how it went down with Sheila and all the other stuff. Oh. I couldn't remember all the details, yeah. but it was one of those things. I also growing up in the Pacific Northwest in that era, so it was one of those things where I don't think like. I remember when I saw Making a Murder, which whatever you have your opinions on either side of both the film or the verdicts uh-huh. of it was that was actually one where I didn't read anything about the case yeah. to let the film 
um, kind of take over sure. without anything else. Go along for the ride. Yeah, I go mean, along it's for like, the ride. you know, it's weird to say spoilers for real life. Yeah. But like, I Just didn't know. the way it's laid out. It I was. mean, I didn't know anything about the whole, uh, Rajneesh thing. I didn't know how it ended. I mean, for all I knew, it was, it was going to end up to be a mass suicide thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so that was like a really cool thing watching it, especially in that first episode, how they, they, you know, kind of show little clips of things that are to come, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like this thing goes really crazy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, I I will I will definitely you know that's a bummer that you knew that stuff about it's it. It's pretty interesting. No, it's, though, it's the still way very they do interesting. It, yeah, because they're they get everybody's perspective. Yeah, and it's like it's interesting seeing the cult members. Like you have some that like are clearly not into it anymore. Uh And at least a couple who are still super into it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, what I really liked about it as well is how those things, you know, cause like, I I think I was talking to you uh, like on Facebook, like after I'd watched the second episode, um, and I was like, holy shit, this is really good, but I'll, I can definitely say this. I'm like, I'm fully on the side of the Rajneesh right now. Yeah. But it, I do think it's interesting that as it goes on, like those things, those lines do become fuzzier. Yeah. Um, you know, I definitely think that like the people that lived in Antelope were being a bunch of dicks and, and yeah. you know, like they were absolutely like racist, you know, xenophobic, like, yeah. oh, get these hippies out of my town. But I think they, the Rajneesh people went to DEFCON 4 way too. I think Sheila went to DEFCON 4 and that's kind of what I came away from it was it's like I I think that I don't want to like blame all of the Rajneesh Uh for what Sheila and her followers did. Yeah like they made it pretty made it pretty clear that there was like a tiered thing. Right. So like Sheila definitely like was running and then most people underneath her underneath her didn't know shit. Yeah. You know but then it's it's weird how the documentary kind of seems to try to like exculpate the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh for so much of this. Right. And maybe it's just because he took those multiple vows of silence, uh-huh. you know, but it's just very weird. And then at the end where you kind of get the feeling that like Sheila would still be like a full on like devotee of uh, the Bhagwan, yeah, except for the fact that she believes that her doctor was controlling him and murdered him. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought the scariest guy by far was the lawyer. Like oh, you could uh, just tell Swami it was like Previn. Whenever he started getting like mystical about yeah. him, like, yeah. and, and I'm not talking in the beginning. I can completely understand, especially if you study cults. Yeah. But to me, a big part of it too was is that there were issues like legally and stuff of what could be. Like, you know, what was how this works in law and they brought some great comparisons. But I think that like a lot of that talk, like, you know, the people were like all racist and stuff and xenophobic because there is a portion of that. That's 100 percent true. Oh, yeah. But a big part of it as well. It also comes from that generation already knowing Jonestown and some yeah. of the other things. And I just also and they want, touch on that. Yeah, a lot. totally. Which they do. And it's I think people like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. And if you don't have the full picture, like a big part about Jim Jones that most people do not discuss was that Jim Jones was like a super like, um, you know, his whole like identity in the community was based around like, you know, we are, um, you know, especially in a volatile time in this country. Like yeah. we were they were completely um, against sexism, racism, homophobia. Absolutely. Yeah. But 
that's and that's obviously what happened. The so he had niche, so many, he had so many like, black followers. Yeah, well, I mean, that he did. Yeah. You have Angela Davis. Yeah, I mean, probably and many of the other ones. But I mean, I think that's kind of written out of history a lot of times. Right. And it's not because here it's like right or wrong. But what I'm saying is, is that what I always find in studying cults is people whoever whoever has an idealized um, utopia kind of thing. One, it's always going to fail in anything because somebody always wants power. Yes. Like that, that never changes. I mean, it's I think true. that's on a whole. But the other one is, is that whenever it, it um, you start creating an idealized community, though, it will always create an us versus them thing. Yeah. And you like some of the ones of the Rajneesh, you could tell like in the documentary that people are like, well, I'm not really against any, you know, this is, I'm just here for me. Like mm -hmm. we're doing this to make a better world. And then you can tell like with some of the other followers, especially in the modern interviews, you can tell they're more like, no, it's, this is for life almost. Like yeah, they have yeah. that like, almost yeah, especially like, like that, that yeah. the lawyer guy, you know, like yeah. who, who that's the guy that looks like Adam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which by the way, I did look yeah. for when you guys mentioned that. <laughs> right. But yeah, I just think, um, it's a really well done documentary. I like the blend of, of course, um, archival footage mm -hmm. really well done. Of course, thankfully it was in an era where there was a lot of like news coverage and news well, footage, and they were obsessive about recording themselves yes, as well. Yeah. Like usually, you don't get that kind of access. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I definitely will say this though. By the end, I was like, you know, even if you're going to ignore Sheila and all of that stuff, like they weren't good neighbors. You know, no. like that's the thing. Like I no. can't exactly hate. You know, like the, you know, be fully against the people from Antelope because it's like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure part of it was like xenophobia. But at the same time, I mean, it's like they were kind of coming in and taking over yeah. the place. Well, it's a know? it's a form of like whenever people bring about colonialism, right? I said colonialism is whoever has the power mm -hmm. to overpower another yeah. people. It was so, definitely yeah. a, a a capsule of its time because yeah. now a lot of that stuff would never happen. Like the whole thing, like oh, we're gonna dissolve our town of fifty people just right. so they don't get a foothold. Well, right. it actually also reminded me a lot of the documentary. A few actually, years ago. I kept thinking they should have let them dissolve the town because then they could have just started a new charter. Uh -huh. I'm shocked they didn't even think of doing that. Right. Which yeah. documentary? Uh, the Welcome to Laith about the like white supremacists who tried to take over a North Dakota town. Right. Because there's a part of that, which of course, you know, they're like they're, it was funny because they're so dumb they did they did it so openly that like it's like well of course people can figure out what you're doing yeah whereas like a lot of these cults and stuff they do it like insidiously they sure. do it very slowly and covertly but you know these fucking you know idiots try to do it like blatantly uh these boneheads and so it's like you know you can tell but it's like but that's that's what i'm saying where i see it from all perspectives especially from having seen that documentary and how someone tries to go into like a small rural town and take it over is interesting. Especially, you know, I'm not like I don't I'm not a property lawyer or anything like that or a real estate agent or stuff. But like you're it's, not? it's I'm not. I'm sorry. I didn't take night school courses <laughs> for any of those yet. But it's interesting to me that um, people like, um, you know, how people can like actually mm -hmm. take over. An entire area is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, just, definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's just an interesting one. But I, I thought it was a well done documentary. Um, you know, I, I really did enjoy it. I wanted it just have to more have more impact. Um, and it just wasn't really there for me because maybe because I was already well informed. Sure. Um, or because I feel like the um, 
I think people took an interest in this case because of kind of a sensational nature of the <coughs> time. But I think it's like the more hidden stuff is more interesting. Like the lawyer in the end talks about the book he's writing. Mm-hmm. Like I actually would be interested in reading that because obviously it's going to be completely like praising him. Sure. But it's like he kind of hoped to learn a little bit more. But like um, the one where they go off on the Rajneesh with the um, they put him in with something with herpes. And I'm sitting here going like, welcome <laughs> to jail, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. what do you think he got? He was going to get special treatment or yeah, like deserved exactly. it. Like, I mean, I will say that the whole like flying him all around the country and everything yeah. was kind of some bullshit. But, you know. Well, yeah, but that's not uh, exactly uncommon in situations right. like that. But. Anyway, so on the other, so it was good, good, uh-huh. well worth checking awesome. out, especially if you don't yeah. know the case. But um, the other one that um, I went and saw that again catching up was uh, Quiet Place. Um, cool. I just, I just will say really quickly, I, I did see that a second time, oh, and okay. it was super quiet, and I enjoyed. I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Which yeah. one? Yeah. Quiet, quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Which I was lucky. Um, my screen was. I went at five o'clock. Uh, actually, yesterday, mm-hmm. and it was pretty, pretty much quiet. I would say actually, um, only maybe six, seven people, and everybody was pretty respectful. Mm-hmm. I didn't really hear anything through the whole movie. I um, I I have been interested, and I think it's one of those things you can only experience firsthand with your sensory. Is um, you know, I was interested in how much like there would be a score and environmental very little yeah yeah in environmental noise too like the wind blowing things like that like i was like please don't let it actually be like completely silent um and then of course you know but it ended up being um enjoyable i like the creature design um you mean the demo gorgon Demogorgon. uh, you know the ikea lamp you mean yeah (laughs) well they actually to me it's funny the first thing i saw when i saw him was it actually reminded me of extra a lot. Oh yeah, like a lot. Like, um. So I enjoyed it, but then of course once they started doing the close-ups, I just wish they hadn't shown so much of the creatures. Yeah, like, I love the close-ups better. are way cooler, and the far away out of focus shots are actually cooler than Hon- the. Uh, yeah, honestly, I feel a lot of restraint would have made this movie better. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's my big thing with movies, especially horror and thrillers and stuff is people just have no care for suspense anymore like they just want to blow their load as soon as possible like like it just has to happen instantly and i just get so sick of that i had such high hopes for this movie it is beautifully shot extremely well acted um really well good. i think uh i think um emily blunt is extremely well acted and the kids are less yeah, well, they, less uh yeah i don't think he's great but i don't think you know i mean i don't there's a little bit more realistic oh i see him now yeah. uh yeah josh is showing the ikea lamp yeah which i can see there's the well. ikea lamp dude yeah but i'm um, telling you yeah i was really worried when um you said signs uh, um which it did remind me it's very me of. signs-ish it is it also is very village it even has a lot it reminds me a little bit of the spielberg war of the worlds oh i love um, that with, movie with the um the the farmhouse sure, portion totally kind of remind me a little bit of that um also remind me i think a lot of films do of the village when they have these kind of premises um but i honestly think you're thinking of the village more because of how quiet it is it is a little bit of that it's also the idea of whenever it's a the post-apocalyptic but it's people starring because they don't they, they there's no tipping of, of you know it were a 
you know right from the get-go there's monsters. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. Like, it's you can it can come from different... It's a feeling for yeah. me. Is I right. feel like the village when I watch it. In fact, when I saw the trailer originally, I actually thought it was the next M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. Being totally on It looked like his kind of style. Um, mm-hmm. When I didn't see his face, then I knew it wasn't him. But um, <laughs> it was... Uh, it was it was good, but um, I I like the ending to a point. I like the idea of it. I just um, I like films that take risks, obviously with a small cast about who's gonna live and who's gonna die. Um, but I just when I walked out of it, it's like I wanted this to be in like my top five of the year. Yeah, and same. if it's even in the top twenty, I'd be shocked. Right yeah. now, be in mind. I yeah. did. I will say this: I liked it a lot more seeing it the second time. Um, and there was little things that I liked about it as well. Like something I was thinking about is about how because they had a deaf daughter and they knew sign language because yeah. of their deaf daughter, yeah. that put them in a better position to oh, survive. True. Oh, without um, a doubt. Because, you know, I mean, think about that. It gave them such an edge, um, you know, in terms of being able to communicate. And it, it's funny because, like, um, that first experience I told you was such a bad experience. I was so distracted. Like, I didn't even see the whole thing about, like, the baby box with the um the, oh, the oxygen. oxygen yeah like i didn't even see oh, any yeah. of that the first time because i was so distracted Which I did love a lot I yeah that was a great one Th- this is my issue with it for every forward thinking decision they have like that mm-hmm. there's just three or four that seem monumentally stupid like i remember like oh they have a whole elaborate lighting system and a hiding place but then they have no gate or anything for their house. Yeah. And they leave with the door open. Right. I think the doors, the doors, like the mattress on the floor, I think everything is supposed to be the idea of the minimal noise because of latches and things like that. Yeah. And locks. I mean, that's just my best yeah, guess. I, mean, I agree with, with metal. That, for but sure. But I mean, but it all, there was weird little things too. Like it took me forever as I was watching the movie when she wakes up and the water is going. I was yeah. like, where the fuck did the water come from? Like, I have to actually manually go back in my head. Like, I was like, laundry. And, like, I'm thinking of all these different things that have happened. Yeah. Like, it's just like, one of, that was the one that got me. Like, literally, like, okay, this just happened. And he moves the mattress, and there's already a flood. Like, that happened way too quick, and it, it yeah. made me groan. Uh-huh. That, was an, that actually is a good point. The timing thing, when I kept watching it, and then it would pan back to him and the kids, the silo, it was still night. And it's mm-hmm. like, wait, it's still night. I get, I'm thinking it's like dawn or right, something right. like that. Like, so oh, it's weird. Um, I will also say a little interesting bit of trivia here for anybody interested in that movie. But I've got a buddy of mine who um, apparently they used to go and like play in grain silos, mm-hmm. and they say that it's like you do not sink like that. That it's like almost impossible. You have mm-hmm. to like, you could even if you tried to sink down like that, you'd have a really hard time sinking like yeah. that in a grain mm-hmm. silo. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, speaking of unrealistic stuff. Uh, up on call, following.co and also completely lacking suspense is Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare. Oh, <laughs> which I saw. Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare. Yeah. Well, I think Sunday, they, they actually think. do say Bloomhouse's or Bloomhouse's yeah. because there is like six Truth or Dares that have yeah, released right. in the last five years. So it does make some degree of sense. So you don't think this is going to be something they're just going to do going forward? No, 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 no. I think they always are important to keep their branding in their promotions, but I truly believe they, it is I'm amazed this dare. got such a big release, but I think they must have been banking on the fact that Friday PG-13 13 too. 
Yeah, horror is still popular, but my god, this movie Oh no, I meant actually releasing on yeah. Friday the 13th yeah, and being yeah. the only wide horror release. Yeah, yeah. other this than The Quiet just, Place. Yeah, which and is, it made yeah, money. Lunch. It did make money, but man, yeah. this movie's like fucking wretched. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I I, yeah. <laughs> I think people, if they read my review, what <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to bad. say about it is, is that I look at these movies, which I, for some reason, Victor puts me up for on most of them, but like, uh, uh, wish upon and all these films i just grade them by those because obviously right. this is the same final destination like let's crib elements from final destination it follows and oh um, this is such a massive ripoff of it follows, follows that yeah. it's not even funny really yeah, it, oh yeah it's a huge, oh huge. completely yeah uh, um no but, no it don't no, it get does. fooled into thinking it's no good. no i'm saying ah, oh, that's a bummer like yeah Dang and, it. and the ring, the ring is the yeah. Other it's one. a ripoff of 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 the ring, and it follows yeah. basically. Wow. But it's not got like in the final destination part is is that what you're hopeful for is that the kills are going to be fun like no, in the final destination are. way, they and they're not. Are. My 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 whole thing is when they're explaining to each other how it happens. And then it's like, you guys, he was talking to you, and his face got all funky like a bad Snapchat yeah, filter. filter. And oh, they're like, wow. That is literally what it looks like. Yep. Hey, does. what's, so what's the, uh, just the general premise of it? Just uh, the classic, like, uh, a guy goes, they meet up, they're on vacation, spring break in Mexico, a group of friends, relationships, etc. They meet this guy, the guy takes him out to this monastery, abandoned. This is the It Follows thing, basically. Yeah, this okay. Is the, you know, the, I'm gonna take you to the thing. Yeah, this okay. is like, you know, the, the, this, they're at a bar and they meet, she meets this guy and then they're yeah. playing twos or dare because she has the hots for him, but mm-hmm. he's really there just to pass on this curse. curse. Oh. Because they take him to this mission where they fucked up some juju and the only way they can bring people into the curse is by having them play this game there. Play truth or dare? It basically, it's a demon that possesses it can possess ideas. So it even has, <laughs> it even has a little bit of what? the, um, yeah. the, um, I should have put this in my review. It has a little bit of the shocker fallen thing. Okay. Yeah. The body like jumping. Cause they'll like, wow. sometimes it's their friends or family. Sometimes it's just strangers passing by. It's no, real... it's sometimes it's just them. Cause that well, that girl... you too. Yeah. Yeah. The one where she's fucking him and goes all like, yeah, it's like, there's like no, I ha- meant the girl who was in the bathroom. Oh yeah, and yeah. And the mirror, it traps her in the mirror. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. And that's the only one that seemed like it had the potential to be a cool. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The whole the setup with that, with the roof and stuff. Yeah, like the yeah, she, just... she can't pick truth because the fuckers who started the thing had a weird rule where if two people do truth in a row, the third person had to do a mandatory dare. Oh wow! So basically, the 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 demon dares her to drink a bottle of vodka as she walks or the perimeter of the roof of this place. So they're following her around with a mattress, but there's all these obstacles in the way. Like there's a gate with like sharp rod iron, yeah, yeah. rod iron gate, and mm-hmm. like you know barbecue pits, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, it sets up actually. That was one of the more fun, but that's the whole thing. The rest of the kills or whatever deaths. There's no setup either. You can, you know, classically you can see it from a mile away. But a big issue with it is that you just like, it, like even the whole thing with him saying up. That's one of the only other times where they actually play the game for a while before he tells them, you know, about it. It's like so that it like kind of works in the the whole intro. I was like, oh god, this could have been fucking great, mm-hmm. and they just went like and got done two minutes, like wow. the prologue. 
Yeah. And the ending, I don't even want to. The ending is one of the dumbest fucking, <laughs> fucking endings I've ever, I've ever seen, seen in a movie. Yeah. yeah it was so stupid. That part, I didn't even leave in the review. I'm no, like, no. I can tell you the dumbest suffer. fucking, like, the thing we had the hardest time with was, like, basically, like, there's this blonde girl. Her name is Marky. Stupid mm-hmm. ass name. So, uh, Marky. Like Marky Pose? Yeah. That's what, that's I, what I, I Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought <laughs> Yeah. Of. So basically, her dad committed suicide at one point, right? And all she has is her best friend, who's the main character, and is literally one of the worst characters you'll ever see in a movie. Like, literally, every time she, there's all these secrets she keeps revealing, I'm like, why are you even this chick's friend? <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Right? And, um, you know, she's like, oh, come to Mexico with me. Oh, I can't. I'm going to go build houses or habitat for humanity, you guys. <laughs> so she forces Dumb. her to go to do this. Then she forces, the friend ends up forcing them to play truth or dare because she has the hots for, like, uh, you know. Marky's boyfriend. No, no, no. For for uh, Carter slash Oh, Sam. Carter slash, yeah, the yeah. Um, uh, guy, which, by the way, it's the very funny. Third tier Harry Potter. Potter. I was just going <laughs> to say, everyone keeps going. I go, he kind of looks like my first time. I was like, wow, poor man's Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. And then I realized it's the dude from Hemlock Grove. It's oh, Peter, yeah. the werewolf. Oh. Um, Lo- I think it's Lorenzo, not Lorenzo Zoyle. <laughs> um, I want to say his name, something like Callback. that. Callback. Yeah. Yeah. But he, it's great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so as, as, Every time they play truth or dare, every truth she reveals is a fucked up thing she tells Marky. Uh-huh. And Marky walks out every fucking time. Like, don't ever talk to me again. Oh, you want to fuck my boyfriend? Fuck you. This happens four times in the movie. Every oh. time she leaves, like, it's a cycle. No, we need to stay together. No, fuck you. <laughs> I don't know. You're kind of selling me on it, guys. Well, it's it's, it's like, not as enjoyable. <laughs> you know, as that, that's what I'm though, saying dude. to people. If you want to watch some like PG-13, I genuinely, it's super PG-13. I genuinely, oh, bloody, I genuinely laughed pretty hard right. at um, Wish Upon because it, it. I don't know if it was intentionally and, trying to be funny, but it was actually funny. It's this weird kind of like Mean Girls kind of movie with yeah. like yeah. A, a like a. a lamp you know it's that kind of thing what really got me was the fact that like all right so when they turn into a demon they do a voice right and it's not like pitch shifted voice Mm -hmm. right it's uh, they hired someone to do the voice and it's the guy who plays uncle ruckus Ruckus on the boondocks gary anthony (laughs) williams he was also the voice of bebop and out of the shadows wow yeah he actually plays bebop oh plays bebop when he's Oh really? Is that? Oh my That's god! Awesome. He must have. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot he does do that in fucking shame. Yeah, because yeah. he's also in Soul Plane. Yeah, he is. Yeah, but like literally, it's like truth or dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, right. he's the voice of the demon. It's so it's uh, he actually. I think I said in my review, he's the best part of the movie. Yeah. So there's like some really funny scenes, like where like the demon dares stupid girl the uh, to fuck her friend's boyfriend. It's like, we have to have sex. It dared me. Why did you choose truth? Oh, I don't even need to know. I'm out of here, right? So they're having sex, right? She's on top of him, right? And then she's right. like, you know, and then he looks at her and it's like, she's choking him. And there, it doesn't show her chest, obviously. But she's just been it's like, truth or dare? <laughs> Who um, do you love more? It's funny because I'm just picturing like that, but like with the head of like Bebop now. Yeah, but the funny so he's like he tells her that I have feelings for you, but I love Marky. And then her reaction is like, Oh, 
<laughs> like, really? You roll, he, he just broke up with her, like, in the scheme of this movie, like, two hours ago, and you expect him to be in love with right, you? Right, right. It's totally CW teen drama. Yeah, it's, well, and that's what they all are, and what they all really remind me of in the end is, I guess that maybe this is where I feel, go, well, you gave it a good review. It's like, it's not that I give a lot of these movies good reviews, I just take them for what they sure. are. Like, you were speaking of Rampage, you just take them. But what it really reminds me of is it's such like a, a uh, Trimark, uh, what the hell is the one company that did Blair Witch originally? Artisan. Yeah. Like all those movies in the 90s, like your Leprechaun and Wishmaster, that's what all these movies remind me yeah. of. But yeah. at least those had the balls to be R-rated. Yeah, this R-rated. is like straight up like the Prophecy or Warlock. I was just going to say, what it really reminds me of other times too, I should have put that in review because I just watched the Warlock collection again. Yeah. Oh my god, is it Oh, those movies amazing. Oh, dude. Especially seriously. the second one. Oh, kills yeah. Me uh, one and time. two. How many movies are there? Uh, the three. Okay. Three. But the, uh, awesome. the, the, the third one's. I will say the one thing I like, there's a character who, for some reason, has a notepad that he writes subscript, uh, medical prescriptions on. Yeah, yeah. That no one questions him on for some fucking reason. <laughs> right? He's like the movie's douchebag, right? But he's the most likable guy because he keeps pointing out how stupid everyone is. Wow. I also and like... they're valid comments. Like, what the fuck are you even doing here? You know, like every mm-hmm. time. Like... I also like the um the Stifler. Great was great too. The told douchebag guy who uh the, the Ronnie. Oh yeah, the yeah. one who's gonna whip his dick, dick out. out. Yeah, and then he's he's, oh, he's about to do it, and then suddenly somebody says it's a small dick, so then he won't do it. Yeah, if he if somebody hadn't heckled him on his dick size. He would have pulled no, no, his no. dick out and not died. <laughs> and I'd like to see I that. I really wish that that, that was, was on the, the poster. Line. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, I wish that was it. That would be amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's that been a fantastic discussion about Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, I yeah. gotta say. Um, the only other one I wanted to quick mention was on also on the, the um, hey, I just went to see this and enjoyed it for five bucks. Was, uh, I'm going to call it Cock Blockers. Because that's uh, what yeah, it should have been, called. been Stupid, called. Stupid, yeah. dude. I know. And it's, it's like, why even put the freaking rooster on there? I yeah. thought it was called cock blockers. Yeah. So did I. I was actually excited. And then, no, it's blockers. Um, Ugh. I actually put up on, uh, online was the, uh, I think it's the, uh, you know, German or, or I think it's German. It's the Der Sex Pact. And I was like, oh, I wish that had uh, been the movie's title. Der Sex Der, Pact. Der Sex Pact. Um, but the, uh, um, totally i i you know these kind of movies these neighbors um the seth rogan mold the whole uh sure whatever bro pack kind of thing it's like um i laugh like there's some genuinely funny parts in this movie but they're so you know in the end it's like as soon as i go see this movie i'm gonna forget everything and yeah i i will literally not remember a single thing and that's exactly what happened but you know if you want to laugh for like a cheap matinee or better yet if you have a movie pass mm-hmm. and it, it was okay i mean it was funny what um who would you say this movie is for i have no fucking idea <laughs> i really don't anymore with these movies because i used to feel like i said the whole seth rogan um uh james franco sure the, the whole it uh uh this is the end cast, basically. Yeah, exactly. uh, that that used to be his movies, and I love. I still think a lot of those ones are great. Forty Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, Super Bad. I still enjoy them. I, I really do, especially the lesser 
Like, I think Zack and Miri is so beyond underrated. Like, I laughed so hard at that one. And I think it's because of bringing people like Kevin Smith and other people in. It's easily one of Kevin Smith's best Oh, without a doubt. And it's just one of those ones where I feel like that's much funnier. This is, uh, it's very 80s. It's almost Meatballs Mm, Police Academy, where it's like a quarter or half of it is the sight gag kind of focus. And then the other half is, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, they kind of, you know, they change it up here and is stuff. Is it a raunchy movie? It is to a point, but not horrible. Like, I expected it to be way more, when it's sexual, it's more like, um, gags and stuff. But I mean, even to the point, I will say this, and I, I genuinely mean this. I feel like the one point in the movie is, is that it's kind of like, it questions a huge amount, like the double standard of the sexual activities of men and women. Right. And I think that that's actually, like, it's, it's kind of like why I talked about, like, girls trip and stuff. I like comedies that don't have to have, like, bludgeon you with some kind of preachy bullshit message. Because totally. I hate that. Um, but it's also because it's actually important to say, it's like, hey, this is a huge double standard that perpetuates society way too much. So I was like, it's cool. And it's funny. Like, it's funny as a whole, but it's also... Well done for that part. Like the young, the gals who are in it are great. They're all really um, the the teenage daughters are all really enjoyable. Mm. Uh, I always forget the dude's name from Neighbors. Um, John Cena. No, <laughs> John Cena. Um, John Cena though should do more stuff like Trainwreck, where he's only on screen for like five minutes. <laughs> right, right. Then to keep trying, he's not gonna have the Rock crossover level. It's just, it's not gonna happen. The Rock is just. He he can do this, John Cena. <laughs> it's just he's enjoyable. He's not bad. You say neighbors? Oh, the uh, the guy who plays the brother of um, mm. the whatever the ex. I the, can't remember the dude's name here. I I'll literally like a up, Jason Sudeikis or something he, like that. Like a, <laughs> it's like it's like that type, right? No, he's kind of like he's like the um. Let me find his name. A comedy here. brother type. Ike Barinholtz. Oh, from Suicide Squad. From Suicide Squad, yeah. Uh, show me a picture. Okay. Yeah. Okay, he, he's, got it. He's actually genuinely funny in this, but, um, you know, they... Oh, that. so John Cena's not in the movie. No, John Cena is the... This is the lead oh, cast, okay, the wait, parents no, okay. and the daughters. Oh, that guy, yes. Yeah. Ike so Barinholtz, yeah. I love him. Yeah, he's, in, he's um, the best part of the whole movie. He's Bound and Down. He yes, plays, he is. Yeah, he's so oh, yeah, good he's in that. Oh, yeah, he's the Russian yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's the best part of the whole movie. The, um... um the, him, John Cena, and Leslie Mann's in this. Leslie mm-hmm. Mann's great, too. Um, it has a good cast. It's just one of those ones where, um... The, uh... You know, it's just like, you just got to take it as a throwaway. Yeah. And since I've gone way longer than I usually do, I just want to close it out, though. I did have a great experience last Friday. I got to um, go see Godfathers of Hardcore, um, which is a documentary. If you've seen American Hardcore or have any interest in, like, decline of Western civilization in uh, history of punk rock and hardcore and stuff, was uh, it's a movie about that focuses on Agnostic Front with uh, uh, Vinny Stigma and Roger Merritt. Uh, who were both attending, as well as the director, Ian McFarlane, who's a legendary Boston hardcore stalwart. He was in the um, band Blood for Blood. And he's just, this movie, was, or documentary, is just great. A lot of heart with it. It's, awesome. It's just focusing on these two dudes. I mean, they're both, um, I think Vinny Stigma, uh, the guitarist, he's now in his 60s, I think he's saying 60. You see these guys, they're still playing like hundreds and hundreds of shows every few years. 
having families and they go into their family and just I, I, I'm a hardcore kid. This is a scene I've spent my last 25 years in. Mm-hmm. I love hardcore um, and I really enjoyed this. Uh, our buddy uh, Danny Marinino play, did the um, Q&A um, and uh, it was part of the Phoenix Film Fest. Cool. It was great to see those guys to interact with them. It's an excellent, excellent documentary. So awesome. if you're into music documentaries or just in general, we're checking out. Sweet. Victor, anything you wanted to no, I think catch up touched on? All my stuff. Most during, importantly, yeah. truth or dare. Yeah. Yes. No, that was that was good. I I still think you guys kind of sold me on it, but okay. you, dude, you've got I'll the get movie pass. Yeah. Just go see it. <laughs> it's man. true. I go do have get the movie drunk pass. with your friends and go see it. Oh, that's your a good idea. Off, dude. What would be a good drinking game? Do you think for it? Like nothing. Well, now like, it's like if I wasn't straight edge, I probably would go see <laughs> Rampage to go during, see I the. I um, asleep during that movie twice. Um, <laughs> I would probably go see Rampage just for right? that whole. Yeah, uh, exactly. Okoye uh, and Okoye. no, but, but seriously, like you could drink every time Jeffrey Dean Morgan like pops out from behind a pillar, like in a place that he shouldn't be. There you and go. It'd be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Well. Um, awesome. Well. Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I think this movie would just be easy just to do every time the face pops up. <laughs> right. That's probably it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so since we're wrapping up, I just want to give a big, uh, shout out to this weekend ZapCon, um, See? at the uh, Mesa Convention Center. And, uh, you know, I, I still talk to people that are in the Phoenix area that don't know what ZapCon is, and they're like super excited when they hear about it. So yeah, if you don't know what ZapCon is, just Google ZapCon, Z-A-P-C-O-N, but it's basically an arcade um, I mean, you know, I, I don't even want to call it a convention. I mean, it's basically just the biggest arcade you've been to. It's like 200 plus games, or I'm sorry, no, like 500 plus games, like all on the same floor. You pay, uh, one admission and it's, um, free it's play. everything set to free play. Mm-hmm. And all these people basically just bring in their own machines and it's amazing. Like they play 80s music and actually one of my favorite things there is they've got a, uh, a retro room. Um, so they've got a room with a bunch of couches yep. set up and, yep. And, um, you know, like lava lamps and old CRT TVs and then like Nintendos and Atari 2600s and, um, things like that. And my, I have my, uh, my buddy Keith, I usually go with every year. He, um, has an annual tradition of, um, going through all of Mike Tyson's punch out and beating Mike Tyson. Um, which is always fun because it's something that is actually pretty difficult to do. Not a lot of people can actually go through that game and beat Mike Tyson. Um, and so it's always fun because we start up and there's like, you know, just me and him. And then by the end, it's like there's always a crowd watching because like once they see it's like, oh, shit, is he going to beat Mike Tyson? Um, so that's always a fun thing to go yeah. through. Um, I've yeah. done it. This is going to be my sixth, fifth or sixth year. Awesome. And I love Zabcon. I also just want to say people go, well... You know, I got a Raspberry Pi with hundreds of games. It's, spe- I mean, you're not the same age as we are, but that you don't have the experiences of going, but there's nothing like playing a cabinet. But more importantly, I don't think people, I'm not even like a huge pinball dude, mm-hmm. but to be able to play yep. how beautiful some of these machines are. Absolutely. They're just amazing. But you also can find like rare games, stuff like they actually had Tapper before it was Root Beer Tapper oh, when it was Budweiser sponsored. It's like you're never gonna see this again. Um, and play with the real wood railings and panelings and Dude. stuff. And um, speaking of, if you played that game, Ice Cold Beer. Um, so try and seek this one out. But it's basically it's an actual um, 
analog machine and I it's remember, yeah, yeah it's got like this ball that you like move up this thing you're basically trying to move this ball up um but it's all analog so it's not a pinball machine it's not an arcade but it's yeah, an upright uh you know thing but really um, old school. yeah and yeah. something like that you're not going to get in oh, your no, raspberry no. pi yeah. so you know it's still it's very much worth going out to highly highly recommend it's basically yeah it's one of those ones too there's a lot of custom games and cabinets like Two of my favorites is somebody did a Walking Dead one, but it's based on the comic book as opposed to the show. Did an amazing pinball machine. Um, there's mm-hmm. also somebody who did a Lovecraft one, Lovecraftian. Yep. It's like uh, Cthulhu. Um, amazing. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun. Like Josh said, there's the room. There's lots of vendors. Um, come hang out with uh, my friends in Party Hard Wrestling. Nice. Uh, the Party Ranger is going to be there. They're going to be playing their mod of... Uh, they made their own party hard wrestling mod of the original NES Black Box Pro Wrestling. Nice. And you can challenge Party Ranger. It's it's a lot of fun. And I do believe the mini bosses are playing this year as well. Oh sweet. Oh, yeah. They haven't played um, them. I haven't seen yeah. them in years. Yeah, so um and usually like uh, uh they there's a lot of times they'll screen um, you know, like uh documentaries oh, about yeah, like, yeah. pinball and stuff. Uh they've got competitions, like, you know, little yep. high score tournaments and stuff. So yeah, come out, come on out and, and if you if you see us out there, make sure and come say hi. Um, yep, and uh, yeah, hope to see you out there. Well, Victor spent his weekend making the making the money at the Monster Palooza. Yep, that was a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I know you uh, were uh, breaking your hand most of the weekend <laughs> sketching, but uh, I know you got to see the Monster Museum, which is always the best part of every Monster Palooza. Oh yeah, no, there was a lot of cool stuff there. They had um. Uh, you know, in Westworld, where they, in his office, where he has the plasticine sculptures of Dolores. Sure. They had those there. Wow, that's so cool. So that was pretty cool. And they had, um, uh, like, uh, Casey Wong, who's this um, special effects uh, guy. He always is at uh, Mad Monster, but every year he does a very interactive kind of display there. Last year he did one where it was, uh, he recreated the, the Hitchhiker's Ghost and did the effect where the head switches all through projection and stuff. Dude. He this year he did a tribute to Lon Chaney and he had like a sculpted uh Lon Chaney sitting in basically his cell with a cross hanging and you peek through the window and he projected the makeup on him, so you basically you see him turn into cool. the werewolf. So that's that was awesome. pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, that's rad. Yeah, but it was a very busy busy show this year but uh, all this stuff was pretty much top notch nice did you get a picture with chris farley no i saw that after the fact yeah there was a dude who did they did a silicone mask of, oh. of chris farley's visage and whoever the dude they picked is i i only got to hear a little bit of his voice but i saw a bit somebody posted a video of him doing the uh uh band down by the river uh-huh. uh, and it was unbelievable like the dude whoever did the you know the mask and the makeup i'm so sorry so it was like makeup where like his mouth no, actually it's moves it's like a yeah yeah yeah, yeah, hyper yeah, flash. yeah exactly. every year There's they have amazing. every year they kind of have a, get somebody to wear one of their masks yeah. like last year they had a my buddy Bo was the guy that he, he dressed up as Trump, and then they had a chicken. Yeah. Uh, and they had the, as, yeah. You no, know, they had a Putin, and then they yeah. had uh, Kim, Kim Jong. Jong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, what's his, uh, Sig Neutron and Rania Gogo do a lot. She did, the last time Victor and I were out this last year at Son of Monster Palooza, she did Sloth. 
and it was like really like a sexy slop. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but well, it was it was that's it, a yeah, I didn't know I had yeah, till just exactly. now. Exactly, um, but it was enjoyable. Awesome. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I was because th- we were talking about that. So uh, it's uh, going to be convention season full on. So we were yep. talking about that with um, Phoenix Comic Fest. Sure, it's real hard to say, but <laughs> I guess yeah, coming up here and then. Um, yeah, well, we can talk about those next time. We're already kind of like at oh, the, are we? Out, okay. over the well, out, we will... hour and a half mark. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more Sounds about good. that, so stay tuned for and Phoenix I'm Comic sure, Fest, yeah. Mad Monster. And uh, we'll be talking, I'm sure, about Avengers Infinity War on the yep. next episode as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, come on back and see us. Yep. That sounds like a plan. As we talk about blockbusters on the next edition of Golf Ball. Until then, I'm Victor Reno, along with Joshua D. Root. You can call me Daddy Kratos. <laughs> and Kirby Nelson. Rest in peace, Harry Anderson and Arlene. Yes. Yep. Sorry.